0: This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by face2faceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles.
1: And, like I said, how much more do you want me to say to you, like, okay, it's turn four, this is your final turn to kill me, you should probably kill me, because I'm dead. I will show you how, in three easy steps, opponents take him, like... You know? So yeah, that was fun. I, I didn't mind
0: that. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for crimes they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palm in the Ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. K-Y-T. Anything that costs a shit ton of mana, you're just like, bang! And they're like, fuck! How does that go? Bang! Fuck! (laughs) G. Bush.
1: And that's like the hyper angle. I never want to play in another GP again. I, wanna, <laughs> I never, ever want to play in another GP. Jeremy. And
2: you're the reason I play Magic too. I'm like, I just like, I died. I died. I was like, like just melting on the inside like that. I have inspired this kid to play Magic.
0: And Matt.
3: So I'm having this conversation with this guy in Chile about my deck. And then I'm getting pizza from a guy in Canada like magic is fucking weird. And now the A team. All right, everybody.
4: Let's take a nice cleansing breath. I thought you were getting <sighs> hyped. Shop, oh, Jay. This is my intro.
2: This is <sighs> very hype. Welcome, everybody, to
4: a mellow, relaxing episode of Mana Deprives the A team podcast. I don't really like this. Episode 298. We don't have a title for it yet. (sighs) Coming at you from the middle of the great white north in a small construction camp, I am Scumbag Schofield. I feel like I've been away. I kind of have been away. But I feel back. I feel centered. With me is the always calm and mellow Mr. KYT.
0: Mellow, yeah. I would say that. That's pretty accurate. I feel pretty relaxed right now, Jer.
4: <laughs> Our centered rock. The one the waves bang against. Mr. J. Bush. King of the motherfucking Yeah. Yo. House. What's going on? Hard, hard as a rock. Hard as a rock. Fucking gay porn yeah. hard here. that That's how hard I get. <laughs> and. The man who can push the rock. The dozer.
3: Matt Mendoza. How are you? <laughs> I'm hype. I don't know about you guys, but I'm fucking hype. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was actually lamer than my intro, so I appreciate
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. How's it going, guys? How's it going?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. I've got Pretty... the uh the sobering up coffee going for me. Sobering up? Are you day drunk? I am a little bit day drunk. Yeah. Wow. That's... I've been drinking a bunch of wine, sorting a bunch of cards, and just had dinner. So Did I decided you have day
4: off work or something. Nope. Are you unemployed? Nope. Okay. That's good. You just don't work on Tuesdays.
3: No, I I worked today.
2: I just started oh, I guess real it's early. Late. I guess it's late for you guys. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tuesday is just a good day to come home and get fucking ripped.
2: Yeah, man. <laughs> get ripped
1: day. Yeah. We were just talking about that.
2: We're uh, um, right now. I'm, I'm in a construction camp and we're working on a small job and we have a welder there. He's a, a Bosnian guy and he was going on about how Bosnians just love to shoot guns. And, you know, they go <laughs> for all kinds of special uh, occasions like Christmas and new years and Valentine's day and Wednesday.
1: And Wednesday,
2: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was telling us how he forgot that he brought a rifle to work. So the security office
4: has it locked up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking cool.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That reminds (laughs) me of the first time my roommate RA met me the year that I spent in the dorms in college. I didn't exactly know all the rules of the dorms, And I moved my stuff in first before meeting the guy, but he walked in while I was gone and saw the empty liquor bottles and the three-foot machete on my desk, or a two-foot machete, whatever. It was a machete on my desk, and he was like, oh, shit, and he just hid it all and then left. So I came back
4: and found it all hidden. (laughs) You kind of fucked. Why did you have a
5: machete? (laughs)
3: Why don't you have a machete?
2: Was there like, like a of and shit like that Criminal, that you to cut yeah. through to get to your classes?
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> where did you go to school? It's real here in the streets. Yeah, no it's
4: shit.
1: Real here in the streets.
4: hmm. It's Kaladesh. Kaladesh, man. How was it? Did you guys play magic cards? Yes. <laughs> KWT, okay, did you play? No, no, I did not play.
0: I said, uh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear Jay because Jay was not sure whether he was going to play or not. And then seeing uh, on Twitter that he was, um, I don't know how the cube went, that he was going to go cube and then go to pre-release after. I'm really excited to, to see Jay, especially since he was optimistic about the set. So, Jay, well, Jay lay it on do you me. you like
2: this set? You like the set?
0: Uh, well, what
1: I said last week was, like, that the art was fucking super cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah, So, like, the set, I don't
1: know if I like the set, per se. Like, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, to say, like, it's, like...
3: Well, let's check in from last week. So, you you, you liked the art. You were lukewarm on vehicles and thought they would not be good. Uh, you liked energy, right?
1: No, it's the exact opposite.
3: Okay, you didn't like energy,
1: and I and I liked vehicles.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and you didn't like sweaty rhinos.
1: Yes, is there sweaty rhinos? rhinos? And then you, man, was like bedazzled by how many fat sweaty rhinos Alberta has when they go like to play magic.
3: I was was bedazzled.
1: "Where Where are you playing? Like no one smells where I play in the streets with machetes. And then I was like, yeah. Bad people stink, like
2: Yeah, but like, honestly no. you go to like you go to a, a big Alberta tournament and there isn't really a lot of smelly people. Like
1: No, it's, it's not it's, that there's like a hundred smelly rhinos, it's that there's like probably two to six and they reek. You know?
2: I think at the to probably five K and Red Deer, I think there might have been one smelly rhino.
1: That's, like, a really good ratio. I've never been to an Alberta tournament where there's been one smelly person.
2: Yeah, there was only, like, one smelly person at that tournament.
1: That's really good. Yeah. Well, there's always fucking a hundred smelly people at pre-releases because they go do, like, the fucking midnight, and then they, like, stay for the all-day fucking mm. smelly of Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I
4: think skeleton.
2: that you're, I I think that the Saturday second event, like if your store does it that way, the Saturday second event is probably the worst time if you are afraid of smelly rhinos. I think that that oh, is dude. the most optimal time to go smelly rhino hunting.
1: Yeah, yeah, poaching. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, guess I mean you to be, be, be fair. To that.
2: The other I thing. That like you the, see... Friday,
1: the Friday mid, midnight releases is that like people often like worked that day and then just show up to magic with their sweaty bag everywhere and they're just like "Mm -hmm." like, you see
3: a lot of people that you don't normally see at magic regular magic tournaments at pre-releases so that could have something to do with it
1: what sorry what
3: Well you you don't people come out for pre-releases.
1: Oh yeah, like
3: that and they don't usually come out for any other event.
1: Yeah, when when stinky rhino number four comes out for an event, it's like you know because he's never at my house because I do not invite those hoes over to smell up my place.
4: (laughs) Okay. I got rhinos. In different different
3: area area. And Jay, you're Cube. So you Cubed?
1: No, nope, I tried to Cube, and of course everybody just fucking bailed on that again, like always. So that was cool.
4: <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> uh,
3: and then you min- did you midnight pre-release?
1: Yeah, I did. I wasn't going to. But Whoa! Then I was like my one friend, Tyler, who was just badgering me. He's like, you gotta come, bro. You gotta, there's trunk beers. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Trunk
5: beers? He's like, we could get
1: fucking preloaded. And I was like, okay. But that, I mean, still, I'm pretty old and I worked. Today. then he's like, we could also do, there's trunk beers. And I was like, what are those? He's like, we put some beers in the trunk of the car and then we drink them in between rounds. And I was like, yeah, all right. That sounds like actually pretty fun. So then I was, like, humming and ha, and then I texted him, and I was like, all right, well, what time do I have to be there by? And he's like, we're doing a drunk stream right now. You should come over. And then, so, I don't know. He had, like, seven. He said he had seven viewers.
0: Oh, <laughs> nice. God. Oh, God, not this time. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I was like, oh, well, I should give him the old bump. But then I, <laughs> <laughs> I figured. I figured if I if he's got seven viewers, he probably has all the viewers that I <laughs> yeah.
3: it's not, only like it's 10 not a Mendoza stream or anything. So Yeah.
1: So then I went over there and him and him and Russ fucking his buddy Russ were hanging out. Russ is a cool local guy. And we were just we started drinking. And then we got a little
4: got a little
1: I don't know. Got a little three beers in anyways. I don't know what you call that. We weren't drunk. Tipsy doesn't seem appropriate. Uh, But we were something. We were three beers in when we went there. And then it took a while for the round to start. So then we drank another beer. And then I was making fun of the store owner quite a bit. But not like in a mean way. We were just going back and forth. And he was laughing quite a bit. And he was like, man, you should just come back tomorrow for all the pre-releases. And do stand-up comedy. And I was like, if you'll pay me. And then he was like, oh, I'm... I'm an Asian. I'm not going to do that. I was like, okay, cool. So then we played Midnight pre-release and we were all just fucking lit. I'm pretty sure I played a 47 card deck. I don't really remember, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure
4: I trioed and came in first with a 47 card deck. So pretty sweet. Yeah. It was a fun time.
1: And then I went to the old century box, because uh, it's the only place that's doing two at a giant. That's the, the only magic I like to play for pre-releases. So I had to go down to filthy sentry box.
2: Is it filthy? I thought they are under new card management.
1: Ah. It's like Narbati took over. Yeah, it like it was at the Legion and it's I don't know. Nothing really seemed any different than normal. But
2: Hey, it, I don't think you can have it at the Legion anymore.
1: Uh we oh yeah, we could. They made an announcement about it. They said you could, but if you're going to drink any alcohol whatsoever, it has to stay in this little uh, locked-up room.
4: Yeah.
1: But children were still allowed in there. It didn't really make any sense. But
4: yeah,
1: one of the uh, standbys. I was going to say, "Broken City" is done. Yeah, "Broken City" is is done. So, um, for the Alberta crew, and I mean maybe some Saskatchewan and uh, BC, I'm sure probably people outside of that probably haven't heard of it too much, but like KYT, you don't know Race to talk about that place all the time on the show when we started the show, right? Right. Uh,
0: it's done.
1: Yeah, it's done. It they're stopped. gonna they, well, they it's um, not
2: done. They just they can't doing, have pre-releases.
1: Yeah, they're doing un they they said they'll continue doing unsanctioned uh matches um just to keep like the environment around, which is which is like how it started. Like it started as just like casual Magic Central, right? Um, But then, of course, then they started, like, enough people went there that had enough pull, so then they started doing, like, pre-releases and F&M and draft and stuff like that. But now, because it's, like, a licensed bar or something, like, you're not allowed to do it there anymore.
2: Yeah, apparently a policy changed, and it's one of the things that I haven't really seen anywhere except for specifically in this case, is that if you are a place that serves alcohol you are not allowed to have
4: pre-releases. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it,
3: Card Kingdom sells alcohol.
4: Yeah, like... I know. But that's the thing is, Cafe Mox sells alcohol. Oh. So
2: I don't know if that's a separate thing or a case, but uh, even to the point that guys in our like group, uh, Jared Gashadi, apparently Jared Gashadi is like text message friends with Helen now. Because he's ranted so many times at her. So he's Jeez. got her on either messenger or text or something. But he reached out to her to find out, like, what's the story with this? She couldn't tell him because she doesn't really deal with that stuff anymore. Right. But she was going to try and find out. But, yeah, essentially what it is is it used to be the rule was if children were allowed there, you could be sanctioned. Even if they did have, uh even if they did serve booze. But now right. it is if alcohol is served there, you can't pre-release there.
1: Yeah. But it, but they, yeah, they, they, it, yeah. it is a it is an interesting point. that map brings up that card kingdom, like yeah.
4: Serves alcohol. But card kingdom also has
2: an attached restaurant, and maybe that's their bullshit way to get through it.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If their play their play space is separate from their restaurant space. Granted, you can play games at the tables and stuff, but. I mean, I've heard similar things with stores that try to, for example, have offside turn offside tournaments. They can't because they're on. They they can't get them sanctioned or whatever. Um, I'm actually very curious about myself for my own personal reasons. So, uh, stay tuned next week. I'll have an update about all this stuff because I'm going to call a Watsi rep and just have a really long conversation about them. Uh, about this with them because I have I I'm both curious and I just have my own. Plans, so.
4: Plans within plans. So that was an announcement for an announcement, folks.
1: Yeah, yep. that's you heard it here 1st an <laughs> But uh, yeah. So that was interesting. Anyway, it was at the Legion. It was fine. Like I went there. I got to play my friend, other Jeremy. He bailed on me. That guy doesn't even play magic anymore. What a chump. What? So, really?
4: Uh,
1: yeah. Butthole. So. That's um, terrible. Yeah.
2: Subpar, nice Jeremy. And, uh,
1: subpar, Jeremy. That's what we're going to start calling him. And, uh, so I got to pre-release with, uh, Level 2 Judge and Turbo Bro Abid. Abid Bandao. Abid! Fucking Abid. You played um, with Abid?
2: That's awesome.
1: It was fun. Like, we got there, and uh, he had already started making the decks, because I slept in. And, um, we basically just rebuilt the decks that he built, because they were Judge specials, and terrible. So, we did that, and then, uh, we just, like, trounced everybody. It got demolished. That was fun. It's always fun when you just, like, smash everyone. Um, we played some really nice people. Like, we played, um, one guy. He was, like, he was, like, a very typical, like, uh, I describe as, like, a very typical kitchen table magic player. Like, he was mm-hmm. fine at magic, but, you, but, like, by no means good. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I just mean, like, He's probably played magic for 10 years, but it's been at the kitchen table the entire time kind of thing. Yeah. And um and then he was playing with a buddy that it was his first time ever playing magic ever. And so I was like I was I love I love that experience. I love playing with new players because because especially in the first round because you get to uh hopefully shape the rest of the day for them. Because like they'll never beat you. Um, ever. That will never, I've never even come close to losing to those people. Um, And I don't think it's a skill thing. I think it's just that, obviously, like, even when they're playing Twitter Giant with their friends and everything, even if they open six on-color bombs, like, they just don't have the foresight to obviously play instant to instant speed. They don't know what their mana base should be, stuff like that, right? So, but the point is, not that you that you win or lose, but you get to have a great, like, just conversation with them. And, you know, you know you play a card and then they they'll kind of look at it but they won't really kind of say anything and then so you say like hey man if you have questions like go ahead and ask it's a brand new set like i don't even know what the cards do and then like that makes them feel really good and you know they're like they're like they feel a little bit more at ease and you're like yeah man just ask questions like it's a pre-release everything's new just don't worry about it and you know how long have you been playing sometimes it's their first time sometimes it's like oh i just play with my you know significant other or my dad or my whatever and or you know how did you hear about it well school started doing like a magic club and then you know that was super fun and then i decided oh i'll try it and so you get to like learn about all those people whereas like when you sit down with someone that you either know or that is like i don't know good quote unquote at magic sometimes um like, the game just is, um, it's like playing a game of magic. It's not, like, it's less about, like, the experience and the stories and stuff. And I always feel like the pre-release should be more about the experience and the stories and less about the magic. So, it was really fun. Um, And then in the second round, we played, uh, fuck, now I can't remember her name. And her husband, I think they were married, I didn't want to ask. But, uh, her husband Alex, I think. And they had like Chandra and Nissa and like a Gear Hulk and all this stuff. And they actually like played pretty well. They were having fun. And uh, but like we smashed them. And that was fun. That was like the alternate side of that coin. But yeah. it was like light fun the entire time. That was cool. And then uh, at the midnight pre-release, um... oh yeah. So at the midnight pre-release, a guy did twenty damage to me on turn three, turn four. Well, that, that seems was cool. good. Yep, that was fucking cool. Just absolutely just destroyed me. How so? So he played, Um, he didn't even know that this combo existed until he did it to the guy before, like in the game before him. <laughs> um, He just, and he didn't know it existed until he opened his hand and like was looking at his opening hand of cards and was like, oh, hey, that's interesting. So he has that card that when it comes into play, it gives you three energy and it's a one-one. And for three energy, you can double his power. Okay. 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 Then he has a card that gives a creature that you control plus four plus four and trample. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that one. Um. So then he had a puzzle knot that gave, like, the the green puzzle knot gives you like three life and three energy or something like that. Oh Uh, yeah. Right.
3: Oh yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. You play it on
1: like turn two. Yeah. So then, yeah. So he goes turn two puzzle knot. To get energy, and then he goes turn three the the one one guy. Go, and then he goes attacks. I'm like yeah, no blocks. Thinking like at most he has like six mana, so he can like hit me for four if I don't block. Like no problem. Or sorry, six energy. At most he has six energy and four mana. So I'm thinking like yeah, there's like I'm not thinking about any tricks. I'm not thinking about crazy 20 damages or whatever. And I'm like so far behind this game. Like, I have like fucking literally nothing. I couldn't do anything if I wanted to. So I'm just like, he's like, attacks. I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. Like, I don't even have to sustain no blockers. I don't have any fucking creatures. And he just goes, like, kill you? And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you for, I'm going to deal 20 damage to you. And I'm like, no, you're not. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm going to kill you. I'm like, no, there's no way. He's like, yeah, I'll show you. Watch. I was like, okay. So he goes, yeah my guy's a 1-1, one, one, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I'll give it plus 4, plus 4. I'm like, yeah, it's a 5-5. Five, five. And he's like, I have 6 energy. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's a good story. And then he's like, no, I may get a 5, and then I make it a 10, and then it has, like, double strike or something? He has, like, there's well, another that gives double strike, or it has well, double strike. Well, no, three. he
2: doubled it, and then he doubled it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or whatever. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry.
4: Yeah, he went from 5 <laughs> to 10, and then 10 to 20.
1: Yeah. So then I'm like, oh, fucking super cool. I... I am dead. I have died. Okay. Welcome
3: That's to cool. modern.
1: Yep. It was, he's like, he's like, yeah, that was cool. I was like, was it? <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. And then like, in the second round, I like, uh, accidentally scummed dad in front of all of his kids. That was fun. Um, and like, I say accidentally scummed because like for sure this happens every pre-release, and I had like this precognitive, uh like, experience. So, go to pre-release. Uh, even if you go to, like, I don't know if they do this at GPs anymore or whatever, but uh, they might still. They always do, like, the player meeting, right? People always call it a player meeting, but it's not really a player meeting. I never think of it as a player meeting. I think of it more as just announcement. Because yeah. it's not like we're in a meeting talking about things. It's just the judge is telling everybody what to do.
4: But they right? leave the floor open for questions.
1: Okay, sure, yeah. So then,
4: the judge is like, the judge is like,
1: uh, he's explaining how time works. So he says, like, okay, welcome to the midnight pre-release. It'll be four rounds or three rounds, I can't remember, and we'll have this and that and dooby doo and like pizza will be served and we're playing Kaladesh and you'll open six packs, you'll build your best forty-card deck, blah da blah da blah, blah, right? Mm-hmm. And they always get to when they're doing those explanations they always get to the port where they talk about time in the round. So he says each round will be 45 minutes long. And then uh, once time is called, if your match isn't done, it'll go to uh, time in the round, and then you'll have five extra turns. If at the end of five extra turns there isn't a winner, then the game becomes a draw, and then whoever has the most game wins inside of that match wins the match. And then they always give the same example. So if I have one win, and you have no wins and then we draw game two the match become i win the match with a game score of one zero one so i win the match if this is game one and somehow you've taken 45 minutes to play game one and it's a draw then the match becomes a draw same with if it's game three and we both won a match or a game and everyone's like yeah okay and i think to myself in my head because this is a pretty casual place i think i wonder if i should ask for clarification not for me but for all of the new players here, I wonder if I should ask, is it five extra turns, or is it five extra turns each? And then I think to myself, nah, I'm not going to ask that. If people want to ask that question, they'll ask it. If people get fucked by it, it's a good learning experience, because if you get given everything in your entire life, you'll never learn anything. Sometimes you've got to learn hard lessons. So then I'm playing in round two. And, of course, like, we go to time. Like, we're getting close to going to time. He, this guy, like, can't kill me. He he has a fucking sword. And he has the Skyship Legacy, whether, like, Blaster Master thing. Among, <laughs> among other fucking cards in his deck that he's just demolishing me with. But I'm just, like, holding on with my air Superiority. Fucking Skyskiff is a hell of a card. And... I have, like, death touchers. If I have, a, like, a fucking artifact, I can death touch you and shit. And I'm just sitting there, just waiting patiently to die. And I know he can kill me. Like, he has the death on board. But, you know, the whole adage of, like, let your opponent make a mistake. Don't concede because they might kind of thing rolls around in my head. And this guy's, like, super casual. But he's, like, obviously the best player in his kitchen table group. Like, you can kind of tell he's got that attitude. He's a nice guy. But he just had, like, that, that attitude. So,
4: um, and we're playing and we get to time and
1: he like is talking to me and he knows what time is. He knows that we go to five turns and everything. He's not asking any questions. He like knows the score is. So I make like a really, really obvious, I do this five times. I make a really obvious gesture that it's like what turn it is. So on his turn. I think it's his turn zero. Does that mean that he gets yeah, zero, one, when, two,
2: when Yeah, when, when time yeah. is called, the person is yeah. turn zero.
1: So it's his, it's his turn zero. So when time is called, I go turn zero. And he's like, yep. And then it goes to my turn. And I go turn one. And then his turn. And I go turn two. And then my turn, turn three. And then his turn, turn four. And then when he, and he has me dead on board, like basically on, turn, on his turn four, And maybe even on his turn 3, like, if he just all-out attacks me on his turn 3, then I can't attack him on my turn 4. And then he can alpha me on his turn 5, and I'll be, I was at, like, 6. So, I would be, like, fucking dead, for sure. For sure, for sure, kind of thing. And then, so, but he doesn't do this, because he thinks we're at a standstill, for whatever reason. So, he plays his, like, Skyship Weatherlight, and zaps my guy for 3. And then doesn't attack. And then the next turn, he animates this guy ship. And zaps the guy for three. And I, blo- I chump block it with that one-two hawk. And, like, meanwhile, he has, like, five fucking creatures on the board. And the entire time, remember, the entire time, I'm announcing what turn it is. And he's not really acknowledging me, except for when it was turn zero. He's not really saying, like, he's not, like, acknowledging it at all. As if he, like, didn't hear it. He's looking at me, and he's almost, like, annoyed that I'm saying these things. He's like, yeah, I get it. You don't have to announce every fucking turn, man. It's kind of what he's doing. Yeah. So we get to my turn four, and I'm like, he's like, I don't know what you're scared of. Like, you have the win on board. And I'm, like, looking at it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can animate this to make this, to get a 10-10 here, to get a this, this, and to, like, do this and that and attack him here and blah, blah, blah. And then I can potentially, I could potentially kill him. Okay, that's cool. And then I'm, like, reading a little bit more into it, and I'm like, oh, wait. Actually, like, none of my shit has fucking trample, so if I attack you, you just chump it and then kill me on the crackback because I'm at, like, three life. And he's like, oh, you saw it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess the Ha, tricky. And his kids are there. They're like, <laughs> What's They keep going like, dad, what's happening? Dad, who's winning? Dad, dad, dad. And this guy, like, actually doesn't even look old enough to have kids. I actually originally thought that they were, like, his little brothers or something. So they're asking me questions, and I'm being cordial, and they're asking him questions, and he's kind of, like, dusting them off, and then he's trying to focus on the game, which is fine. And I'm, like, so lit and don't give a shit about this game at all that I don't I don't fucking care at all, like, what's going on about the game. I just know that I've now made it to his turn four and somehow convinces him not to attack. Or, so yeah, then,
4: your turn four is-
1: but no, yeah, sorry. My turn. No, it's his turn four. It's his turn four, right? Oh, okay. Because he's zero two four, and I'm one three five. Yes. Yeah. So, um, this happens. He gets to like his turn four, and he like doesn't an attack, and then, so I he passes the turn, and I say, turn five, and he's like, "Yep," and then his kids go, "Oh, what happens on turn five? And I go, "Uh." Well, like if if nobody wins the game, then the game ends. It's a draw, and then, um, and then it's just a draw. The game, the game ends there. And they're like, oh, so then, like, who wins the game? And I'm like, well, the game would be a like a draw. And they're like, well, but you're at like one life, and Dad's at like sixteen life. How is that fair? And I'm like, well, he didn't kill me. So if he didn't kill me, then I'm not dead, right? And they're like, yeah. And then he just goes, wait, if, if I don't kill you, you don't die. Like, (laughs) like on my turn four, if I didn't kill you, it's over. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, wait, so you get a turn four, but I don't get a turn four or you get a turn five, but I don't get a turn five. And I'm like, uh, uh, well, you were turned zero, two and four and I was turn one, three and five. And remember when I announced all the turns? Like I don't know what to do. And he's like, "Oh my god, that's so much fucking bullshit. Oh my fucking god. All oh, this shit. Oh my god. Oh my god." And he just picked up his cards and just fucking walked away. And all of his kids are like,
4: hey, "What's going on?" And I'm like,
1: <laughs> "I'm like, yep. Yeah, all right. Chalk that game up to a draw. Chalk the match up to a win. Fucking sweet. And this is the same story you'll remember at the fucking. Uh,
4: oh, was it game two
1: yeah it was game two I, like smashed him in game one just fucking smashed him. and then in game two i kept like a slower hand based on what his deck was playing and then and because I, I didn't see any of his bomb um and i kept a little bit of a slower hand and then what ended up happening is i drew like four or five lands in the first six turns so i didn't have any action and he didn't really have any action either. And then we just started trading um like playing guys, playing guys, playing guys. But he has like the he has the very um I don't want to say typical, but it's a very like typical response of that, that uh casual players play with where they like they don't like chump blocking. Um and, yeah. and they don't they don't like chump blocking and then they also don't like losing life. Like they have to like that's a big struggle for them. They have to like decide whether or not they're going to, like, chump block with a creature that they really, like, like, or if they're going to lose life, which they, they hate losing life, right? Yeah,
2: so, I, I always find it the opposite. I always find that they're willing to make terrible chump blocks in order to preserve their life total when they're at 20.
1: Yeah, like, they do not use their life total as a resource in no. any way, shape, or form.
2: Can I also just say that I have been on Mythic Spoiler on my cell phone? Trying to find this fucking card, this 1 1 that doubles his power, and I only just found it right now.
1: <laughs> wow, that's, that's really late. <laughs> yeah, it's really
2: impressive how long it took me to find this fucking thing.
1: <laughs> nice, nice work.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which yeah. is probably why it wasn't working on my computer, because the internet's really
4: bad on my phone. Well, that's unacceptable, Jeremy. You're gonna have to do that. Super. Better. I am. Sit at the correspondence desk
1: correspondence. Like a news program.
3: Uh, so you were saying that this is the same shop as something? Oh, yeah. Else?
1: So this is the same shop that I played Shadows Over Innistrad in, and you'll remember that scumbag story.
3: Oh, yeah. That,
1: where I played yeah. my land where all my lands were, and then they demolished the plains and then called me a <laughs> cheater. Yes. where I went that group, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty
4: fucking
1: sweet. <laughs> so, yeah that was my pre-release i didn't open any masterpieces i opened fucking Garbardry and also all the new dual lands which i'm sure are worthless Uh, i don't
2: know i think the new dual lands are fantastic
3: uh they're eight to ten right now the
2: the canal is like uh us right
1: i don't know which one's the canal the red blue one yeah Uh, i thought the green black one was because Jun.
3: is both both of those two they share the same basically the same price
1: yeah. So which is about op- ten US. Yeah, I opened like a bunch of them, so I would like so, that's Korean playsets. But uh but yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. I don't mind accidentally scumming people. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Quote unquote accidentally.
1: Yeah.
4: I mean like how 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 much more do I have to say to you? Like turn four. Turn four Five. At some
2: point, you have to ask yourself, like, why is he doing this?
1: Yeah, I I was asking. Like,
2: w- well, not no, not you, but like him from his spot. Like, you put yourself in his. Why does he keep saying
1: oh, this shit? Yeah, like, yeah, like, does this guy <laughs> this guy have like a disability? Why does he keep asking Like, why is he just loudly announcing the turn? Like, also, buddy, this is turn twenty. Like, oh. At the
2: same time, there are people who are always like on tap, upkeep, upkeep draw.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, top up, Draw
2: Guy is like one of my most favorite tournament
1: players. Oh, absolutely. So, like, right up there. He's right up there with the guy that like beats you in like the the worst way possible, and then gets really close for the good game, bro.
2: Oh yeah, like he sits there and he drops the spell on the table, and you don't even see. He doesn't announce it, but he's already got his hand up in your face, like the thumb is, yeah. like touching your nose. And he's like
1: touching you, like GG's bro, GG's. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, okay.
4: Well cool.
1: yeah so uh but like, and like I said, like the it was because I like I knew this would happen right during the player meeting, I was like, you know,
4: probably I should probably get some clarification for these guys,
2: at the same time, you were actively telling this person you were you were giving him the countdown to his doomed fate, yeah. and he wasn't listening then, so he probably wasn't listening in the players' meeting, no,
1: anymore. probably not, no,
3: <laughs> and no. also and course, I like, mean really, if he. Was worried about it. If you notice, you weren't announcing his turn one. It was just, this is turn one. Yeah. And then his next turn is turn two. It's not yeah, like, like he's also I mean. got a turn one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and I'm sure, like, he's right now telling his side of the story where he's like, oh, this fucking guy fucking didn't, you know, he just. This st- J douche. Just stalled the fucking game out and he just, like, he just sat there and he didn't fucking do anything and he like built the wall and he just fucking made me
4: pay for it.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, bro. Like, you opened a fucking, you opened a skyship, which is, I'm sure, worth money. And then you also opened a sword of fucking red and blue.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, he had a sword? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said that. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He had a sword of red and blue. Not to mention his other whatever rares he got in his thing. Like, what's the sword worth? Like, $200? Uh, I don't
3: know.
2: Probably something
3: insane. I don't know. They've been dropping... Up, right?
1: they'll be, they've been dropping sure. really quickly. They've been what, sorry?
3: Dropping really quickly, so... Oh,
1: that's good.
4: That's good. Fall farther and farther. Sword
1: of... What's it called? Sword Red of Fire, Ice.
3: Fire and yes. Ice.
1: Sword of Fire and Ice is $180. Where
3: where are you looking? On Facebook. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, pass, pass That's
1: je not
3: that Not quite accurate, but...
1: Whoa! <laughs> no, I think they just, what they do is they just take American prices and then apply the exchange rate.
3: No, 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 I'm still, I'm saying that that's still not accurate.
1: Oh. Uh, like, well,
3: those are, those are like... Okay, so is it
2: not accurate that face-to-face is selling that card for that price? Because I believe face-to-face the website is selling made...
3: that price for that amount. <laughs> okay,
4: okay. You're correct. Okay, just, I, I just, I wanted to be sure that we were... Yeah. Not Taking crazy pills. (laughs) I'm confused.
3: (laughs) So the prices that you're seeing right now are pre-sale prices.
1: Uh, nope. There's one in stock at $180.
3: It cannot ship until Friday.
1: Oh,
4: right. So it's pre-sale. Sure.
3: So even the pre-release stock that has been opened has started Shifting prices,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, I don't care about that, this yeah. It's not an MPG finance podcast. So, when I say this is the price, I mean like I just go to a website, look at a price, and then that's how much it is.
3: No, yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense. So,
1: um, yeah, so like, but I mean, so regardless, even if it drops, like the guy opened more than $30, which is how much it was to play this pre release, right? Yeah, so I don't think he has anything to complain about, and like I said. How much more do you want me to say to you? Like, okay, it's turn four. This is your final turn to kill me. You should probably kill me because I'm dead. I will show you how in three easy steps. Opponents hate him. Like you know? So yeah, that was fun. I I didn't mind that. I don't like I don't mind smashing those guys. Although, like, the problem is that those people like never learn. And so what will probably happen is uh, he will probably like either be bitter just forever, or he'll just like stop going to that store, which is unfortunate. But Tyler was telling me the, the guy that I went with that was badgering me and forcing me to drink alcohol. He was telling me that like a problem with that store that like is common just in like the Airdrie, because we live in Airdrie, which is just outside of Calgary, is that like there's no competitive people that play there. It's all like the casually competitive is as high as it gets, and he's like. He's like, man, I just want to play like modern and get competitive. Or I want to like play like a P2Q or something like, you know, you go to a P2Q and that's like all you get. But like, you know, our F and Ms, like I'd like it if our F Ms were just a little more challenging. Anyway, and it's like he was so he was asking me about that because I used to play at Phoenix all the time and Sentry Box and we had competitive play groups and all this stuff. And uh and he yeah, so I was just telling him, you know, like it's really it's just it's hard to to start a competitive environment if. It's not already there like it's it's difficult to invent that. you have to have like a group of people yeah that like change right it's like any societal change, really. you have to have like a group of people that are that want the same thing, and then like like the way we did it is we went to like we just started playing together like more than just f and m s and drafts and stuff, and then we Like, um, we just, I don't know, like started being like, we started out being bad and then we started learning and reading and absorbing material and, you know, reading articles and watching draft videos and just absorbing content. Right. And then eventually like you get better, hopefully just practice makes perfect kind of thing. And then you eventually are like the group of four guys that are at the store that are like the sharks, right? You're no longer the fish. You're now the sharks. So I don't know. If that guy never comes back to that store, I don't know if that's like a bad thing. I mean, I'm sure it is because it's business, but if he's not coming back to the store for that reason, uh...
3: yeah.
4: LTP. LTP.
3: You, you brought up a good point about finding a, finding playgroups that have the same goals as you is. It's kind of a, it's, it's difficult because it's kind of a right place right time kind of thing where you and you know two or three other people are at an FNM and you go a couple weeks in a row or whatever and then you start talking and then you start realizing that you have similar goals and then you start making plans and all this stuff and it's kind of hard if you're like at if you're just getting into that group
1: yeah. As they're developing can, into the other their thing you could do too is you could just do it with your friends, right? But if your friends don't share the same Like if they don't want to play Your friends are weak. You know, if they don't want to play like competitive magic. Like yeah. I had friends that were like that. Like I remember I remember this hilarious story when um is it Luminarch Ascension? Is that a magic card? Yeah, yeah. That's the like Angel a, Maker? Yeah, you like play an enchantment and you get like a four four flyer.
3: Oh, that's sigil of the empty throne.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, yes sigil of the empty throne and then lunark ascension is like
3: if you don't get damaged for four turns in a row you can it has four counters on it and then you make tokens for like like, two mana mana and
1: you make four fours right yeah yeah okay so like when sigil of the empty throne first came out um our like super casual like group was like oh this card is like so bonkers like fucking unbeatable and then, so of course, like my one friend played with that card and then was just like, just destroyed us because nobody plays like fucking, nobody wants to play enchantment removal at the kitchen table. That's not exciting. Like, you want to play fucking murder, death, and like Sphinx of the Steel Wind hard cast in your five color <laughs> deck. Yeah! Right? Like, so then Luminarch Ascension came out. And I remember playing, like, I made a Turbo Fog deck. And when I say Turbo Fog, I mean, like, I just played every magic card that said you can't be damaged,
4: basically, and <laughs> Luminarch Extension, and
1: that was it. And, of course, like, no one played spells, and no one, you know, could deal with my just Fog every single turn. So I didn't even get to play that that deck one time i showed up with it after talking all week with my friend my best friend at the time about like like, because i don't know what if you guys remember the time when you were super casual at magic but like there's a there's a like there's a definite time period where you switch from being a a casual magic player to being like an addicted casual magic player Uh where like you just consume it all the time and you dream about it and you memorize every Magic card, and you're always on Gatherer looking new shit up, and then you find a card, so you send it to KYT, and you're like, oh my god, KYT, have you seen this Magic card? And then KYT's like, no, this looks bad. And then you're like, no, but you could play it with this. And then it's like, oh, shit! Right? <laughs> that, that was happened.
3: back when I used to print. I didn't have <laughs> internet at home, so I used to go to my mom's work and print Star City articles what and the... take them home, and then I had like Uh-oh. a binder of them.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yes, like who's the (laughs) beatdown? Yeah, yeah, so so ridiculous, but absolutely, that is something that like that people do. That's a real apparently thing. Like, I I did the
2: same thing, (laughs) but I did it with a data build.
1: I had a binder full data build. Yeah, that's crazy yeah and like i remember I remember like for example, doing it with Diablo 2 back in the day as well, like I got the strategy guide of Diablo Two or whatever and then like I remember like just reading that as if it was a casual novel, like reading all the spell descriptions, every single one. I did it with D and d when I started playing D and d a little while ago too. I would like go to chapters while my wife was doing shopping, and I would just grab a d and d like you know monster manual or super cool magic shit manual, and I would just read it. And so, like, you do that with magic, right? So, oh, yeah. So uh, I made this, like, all week. I'm talking about, like, Luminor Ascension, Turbo Fog, fucking (laughs) no one will ever be able to damage me. I'll be sitting there fucking doing nothing and, you know, like, fucking making angels and no one can fuck with me. Oh, yeah, Fortress of Solitude. Wee. And, like, so if if you know that I'm bringing this on Friday and I've told you, the cards. I've told you the whole deck list and we're talking about it. And you're even like open to uh like the idea. You're not like, oh that's so fucking stupid. And if you bring that out fucking blah, blah, blah. You're like, oh yeah, that's cool. So then I show up to your house and I'm like, oh no, I'm fucking it's the debut of Turbo Fog. And he just <laughs> goes he just goes, No, you can't play that. And I'm like, ha ha like whatever, like <laughs> you know, people say that all the time. Like, oh, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. We're gonna play some NHL. I get to be the Penguins. Like, no, no, you can't. I'm like, what are you gonna do? I picked them. I'm like, fuck off. And like, ugh. But he actually was just like, no, if you play that, I'm not playing. And then I'm like, come on, man. And I pull it out and I start to shuffle, and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing. So then you're in like this weird, awkward, wow. spot where like, yeah, he's being super childish, but at the same time, it's his house. And it's also Kitchen Table Multiplayer Magic. There's like multiple people. And it's like, uh, okay, cool. I guess I'll play a different deck that I have. I guess. Cool. So, um,
4: I don't remember where this story was going. But that's what this story is like, basically.
3: (laughs) I remember when I, uh, how big were your multiplayer games?
1: Uh, like, the biggest multiplayer game we ever played was, like, probably, like, eight people. Okay. Ten.
3: Yeah, I remember when I transitioned out of that phase, where I built the last big multiplayer deck I made was a literal I hate multiplayer deck. So it was basically blue-white, counter-stuff, wrath, and then confiscate all other permanents. So it was blatant thievery. So I'd play blatant thievery over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And if the board got out of control, I would just wrath because nobody played counter spells. No. And I was just like, no, I hate playing this. And then that's when I like play started playing exclusively tournament magic.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's a weird transition to go from kitchen table to regular, like sometimes it happens because you want more and your friends are just too casual and they don't want to play more as much as you. So you like just need somewhere else to go kind of thing. And other times it's like you have to play like tournament magic or more, more magic just because like you are the most competitive person in your group. So going to kitchen table is not fun anymore. Or you maybe haven't made it fun anymore because you're like, Quote unquote, too good, but the other players aren't like adapting or getting better or learning, kind of thing. Yeah, there's like all these different reasons where that happens, but it's like it's it's, it's the, they're interesting shifts when you go, like when you go from you know casual magic to crack addicted magic to tournament magic, and then like you inevitably fall back down into casual magic again, like I am, where I just cube and pre release only and don't really care if I win or lose at all. Yeah,
3: I, I it's a weird it's a weird thing, right? Because you just, at some point, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, where you're just like, you, you're, you make friends with people because they play magic. And then you kind of develop as a player. And then you just, you're just pass on like opportunities to play them in magic. They're like, Hey, you want to play? And I'm like, "Nah, not really. I, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but I, there are people that, that I used to play magic with that I just, would prefer not to play magic with, <laughs> and it, I think it's and it's just like just just because it's the fun is partially the challenge, and if there's no challenge, then it's like what am I what am I doing? Like I'd rather play like a different game, or <laughs> maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe like maybe EDH, you know, I mean, maybe EDH can fill that, that void. Uh, what have you guys' experiences been with that?
1: I've had, like, tons of, even with, like, I find it with, like, board games. I've had, like, tons of that happen where, like, there are people that I've played board games with and that we both love board games. But because they play them differently than I like to have fun, I, anytime they invite me over for games night, anytime I'm playing games, I don't invite them. Like, anytime they invite me over for games night, I say no. Even though I would love to play games, I do not want to play games with them, ever. Yeah. And I imagine Magic's the same way. Like, I don't want to play Kitchen Table Magic. I have one friend, uh, a judge in town, and I don't want to, like, he has, like, every Tuesday he um, he does multiplayer Magic at his house. And, like, it's the most casual people I've ever met on the entire planet. And they've also been playing since, like, 1994. So they know everything about Magic,
3: right? Um, Is it, like, 60-card casual multiplayer?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Sometimes they play, like, um, EDH2. But they know, like, everything about Magic, right? They know every card that's ever been printed. They know... But they're, like, casual, bad Magic players. So I just, like, can't fucking stand talking to them. And I can't stand playing magic with them because like they it's multiplayer. So no one does anything for three hours until one person like goes ultimate. And then like nobody has a counter spell for some reason. And then (laughs) we all watch him fucking infinitely combo for 15 minutes while we all die.
3: No, it, it goes like this. It's turn 12. Somebody assembles their after hours of nothing. Somebody assembles their two card combo. And then three wins the game in 10 minutes. And then three people bitch about infinite combos.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So like, I hate it, but like, I like playing magic with Neil. And like, if we draft, I'll go draft every time, even if it is with like all the casual peeps, I don't mind. And like, um, like that's still fun. I just, I just, there's people that you, and game styles that you just, you just get out of, you get no enjoyment out.
0: Yeah. KIT, what were you going to say? Uh, well, you just reminded me of how, how, like, when it came to our weekly drafts, how, you know, ultimately we would want, like, eight out of, like, we would want out of the eight people that were drafting, or no, for the eight people that are drafting, we would have wanted some of the top players, and sometimes we'd be forced to have one or two guys that are, are weak, and, and obviously we would uh, rather not play with them because, um, but we would have to. We would rather be eight than not. But sometimes it's it's just so obvious. Like they're just passing bombs left and right. And it just feels like if you're just sitting next to them, you just have a huge edge in the draft. So it makes yeah. it less interesting. And I obviously evolved when it came to like FM and being more and more disinterested because the FM crowd, uh, I, I thought it was, uh, it used to be the same for me because the, the store that I played at, um, we didn't have FNM F- F- to begin with so when it started you know every competitive player that was playing at the store was playing FNM but as i would find out later and working at face to face i would see that the people that that show up on the on the weekday events they never show up almost never at on the weekend events they're really strictly casual they're there for the uh paying 3 to 5 bucks for the for the booster participation booster and Maybe to get one or two, three, depending on the price structure of the store, uh, depending on their performance at the f and If they 4-0, they get a few packs, and they're pretty happy with that. So, eventually, I would, I mean, I got disinterested because I also didn't want to play against people where I had to spend a lot of effort explaining the rules or the interactions. I just want to play, like, I get enjoyment of testing my own skills. Even Like, the person doesn't have to be great. But he can't be so bad that I have to, like, remind him a lot of things. And yeah. that definitely decreases my enjoyment of the game.
4: Yeah, for sure. That's fair.
3: Jeremy, have you had that experience?
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's,
2: it's standard in magic. You know, I, I got in a small town, and small town didn't have any tournaments. And you had to drive to the nearest town to go to a tournament, and it wasn't even, like, a real tournament you'd go to that town because there was a guy who had a binder full of Sarah angels and you'd sell them for four bucks a piece. And that's ludicrous because it's <laughs> just
4: such a good card.
2: Um, and, you know, it's just big goofy group games. And then I went to another places, big goofy group games. And then I finally sat down to play magic against one person and realized that the game was really good as opposed to just being
4: yeah.
2: okay. So, and then you get, yeah, you, it's it's, the same old thing you get the people who they don't want to play magic that way and it's so hard to interact with them now because it is a completely different game it's a completely different
4: social thing you get gentleman rules and all that bullshit yeah and it's it's great because
2: they are having fun in a way that i don't understand with the thing that i love And they're supporting the thing that I love. So I just have to
4: let them do their thing, but I choose not to do it with them.
3: Yeah. Have you guys had the experience of losing a a friend and gaining a friend and kind of uh, to replace them? Uh, I mean, have you guys found yourselves at any point distancing yourself from somebody just unintentionally because of this, because of just, Non, uh, non-similar goals and then conversely becoming you know stronger friends with somebody else?
4: I think in magic, it's not a...
2: I think in magic, it doesn't really happen so much that way in the sense that your friends will never... I, I feel like competitive magic is a one-way street. You go from casual to competitive. I, I don't see people go from competitive to casual. It's it's just something yeah
4: I don't see a tournament less...
2: player who just decides he's going to go play group games all day. The only less... exception is he becomes a judge and then he plays EDH group games.
1: Yeah. I think it's less about that, <laughs> more about how, like, I think it's about, like, your understanding of anything, like a game of any kind. So, like, you see it with, like, say, hockey players or people that play sports a lot when they were kids or um, chess or board games or anything like that. So, where, like, you... I am. I classify myself as a casual player now because I don't care about any format that's not limited. I don't care about who won Worlds. I don't care about the latest controversy in Magic, which is fucking every day. How do you fucking put that much effort into that shit? And when there's like a new one every day, how am I supposed to care about all this? Um. I also. I also feel like I'm not like I'm. My attitude is casual, but that. But then when I feel like casual is, like, a misnomer because I still care about winning. Yeah, Like, when, yeah. I, when I play Cube, Cube is a casual format. It doesn't cost me any money, and it doesn't – there's no prizes, right? It's just pride. Um, but, like, I, when I go to play Cube, I'm not, like, doing stupid shit for no reason. Like, just to be fun, I'm, like, still trying to draft well. I'm still trying to win all the matches that I play. I'm still trying to make good decisions and not just pass stupid shit for no reason kind of thing.
4: So, like, I think, like, it's possible to go from
1: competitive back to casual, but I think it's, like, it's less about like becoming like a, you're not, it's not like you're going back to kitchen table magic Yeah. because you always will have the understanding of the game. So you know how to play instance, you know, you know, you know how to like use the stack and do in response to and trick somebody into something. And like you, like, so like, it's less so about like going like, whereas like with board games, like I've had to dial it back with board games quite a bit because most of the people that I enjoy playing board games with are casual players. Um, because I find playing board games with gamers is like so fucking just not enjoyable at all. So um, I've had to dial it back because I'm a gamer. So you can't play, you can't be like the gamer guy and then play with only casuals because either they don't have any fun or you get, you get bored. Right.
4: Yeah. yeah I can, I, I, I'm on
2: a completely different tangent, but at the same time, totally get where you're kind of coming from. And it's a thing that I run into myself with a lot of my friends is that whenever I want to get into a new hobby, you know, you kind of envision a pool type thing like that. And everybody, like all my buddies and stuff like that, they might want to dip their toe in. But I'm the guy who always jumps in heels first.
3: Oh, yeah. I can't. I'm with you, Jeremy. I just can't. I, I have but, to do it. Like but
2: the, the, Yeah. But the problem is I end up like popping my head out of the pool and everybody's fucking walk away.
5: So I'm yeah. The only guy
2: in the fucking pool. And it's like, well, this sucks. So, like, that's what happened with, like, the Star Wars miniature game.
1: Yeah, Jumped me too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> This sucks. You no. Know?
1: Yep. I still have, like, a fucking shit ton of those. And I haven't played in probably more than a year.
2: And with, like, a lot of my board games, I have a ton of board games that I want to yep. play. But nobody wants to play the really crunchy fucking board games with me. So it's or, like, like I, well, find,
1: I find, like, do you find, because, like, you're kind of describing what I do too, Jeremy. But, like, do you find that you will get into spots where, like, you'll get a new game? And you want to play that game. And then it's like next week we want to do board games again. And you want to play that game because we played it last time and it was fun, but then we fucking like, we didn't do it right or whatever. Or like we almost like, I find it with like pandemic because pandemic's like a team game that you play against the board, which a lot of people like because it doesn't matter how casual they are versus my super gamer attitude. They, they, if I win, they all win, so then we're all having fun, and I'm not like using obscure rules lawyering against them, which like people that aren't playing magic hate when you use the rules to win the game. They think that's like cheating somehow yeah. but anyways, regardless so like Hashtag
4: I get presidential election
1: <laughs> so like i get into i get into things where Like I want to play Pandemic, and then I want to play Pandemic, and then I want to play Pandemic again, and then I want to play it again and again and again and again and again, and then like my wife wants to play Pandemic once in her whole life, and then she's like, "Yeah, that was (laughs) that was fun," and then the next time we
4: play game, the next time we play game, I'm like,
1: "Hey, uh, do you want to play Pandemic? You said it was fun," and then she's like, "No, why don't we play like something else that's more fun, or a new game or something?" And then I'm like. Well, we sucked at Pandemic. We lost, and like, and like, don't you want to like see what the other roles are? There's like eight roles. We only played like three of them. No, I don't really care. But don't. But I want to play it more, and I can't play by myself. Yeah, but we'll just let's just play something else. okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my
2: things that I loved about Agricola is that I wanted to play a lot of it. Nobody else did, but you can play with yourself. So
1: yeah, sweet. But yeah, I have parade for
2: solo games.
1: I have tons of games like that. Like I got Carcassonne. I asked for Carcassonne for Christmas and I got it and it was fun. And then I've played it, I think once, I think I played it once. And, uh, and then my wife just never wants to play it ever again.
3: Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because we've stumbled upon something that a lot of our, if you are a casual player who plays magic and you're listening to us, like you need to understand that once you take that step into competitive magic, it's really hard to step back and you can't, you almost can't. It's almost like, cause I think that Jay and Jeremy, what you guys are touching on is, is something that I like to say. It's not that we play magic casually. It's that we play magic competitively casually. Like the goal of a cube draft yeah. is not to play magic. It's to win.
2: Yeah. I was going to make a similar comment to that, that I don't, I don't classify competitive and casual by the format. I I classify it by the way that you play it. Yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. And you know, in a cube draft, you know, depending on who you're playing with, I I love playing with, and I, I I know about you guys, but I love playing with people of the same, uh, of the same mindset where you can say no takesies backsies and they won't freak out about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
3: (laughs) We're just like, ah, you know better. you know better
1: or it's understood that it's no takes these and they're not trying to fuck you every single time yeah because that's what there's two guys in my play group my regular well my used to be regular play group that were like that all the time like they would do takes these backsies constantly and if you didn't let them they'd get all pissy and then they would blame their loss on that and they would just whine and whine and whine but then if you tried to do takes these backseas, then they were like well, I mean, I guess, but like, I made I made decisions based on what you did, and blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah and you're like, okay, <laughs> like you can't have it both ways. You fucking can't. Like, either we all get take these or we nuns get take these back. But... Yeah.
3: And I see this with all sorts of my competitive magic friends at all levels of their competitiveness. If they have ever been a competitive magic player. They don't play magic the same way that a casual player does, even when they play EDH.
1: You can't. You can't go back.
3: Yeah, you can't. Even when they play EDH, they play like competitive style EDH, where you know, like the groups of EDH I want to play with are basic, basically playing Legacy. You know, they go off on turn three or turn four because that's what you can do in this format.
1: Well, and you can never not notice stuff like that, right? Like you can never not notice. Like when you're like, you know, if, like if you're a professional hockey player, you can never not notice when a guy is a shitty skater or you can never not yeah. notice that that one guy leaves his, you know, one side open all the time or he grips his stick with one hand. So you can easily just stick check him and take the puck every time, even though you don't care about winning and you're not throwing elbows and you're not, you know, you're not fucking hacking and slashing and giving a shit because there's lots of guys that play like casual format hockey like shinny. Like they're playing in the fucking NHL and those guys can all go fucking die. But uh but like that's the thing, is like you, even when you play against your kids, you you have to let them win. It doesn't all of a sudden become like a like you can't just go back to being five because you've learned a skill, right? You can't you can't unlearn that skill. Mm-hmm. And you know what I find interesting is that like that's not a natural thing. You have to want you have to be interested in that. And so like case in point, the casual 60 card kitchen table game that I was talking about earlier. Like I said, those guys have been playing magic with no breaks since like 1994. They consume product like it's going out of style. Like they still buy packs, like, and not to the draft. They are the guys that are like at the store buying packs to just casually just open them.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, that's like, that's weird.
1: Yeah. Who the fuck does
4: that? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, so like
1: that that that's a thing that happens and then like and they like they know every magic card it's not like they don't know that these magic cards exist they but they don't i don't know if like they they must just not have like they must just not have that desire or
3: something. yeah it's just it's just different but, things like they they get different satisfaction yeah from different parts of their lives that either they don't would, have that competitive would, drive or they just yeah. get that filled somewhere else or they Cause,
1: you cause know you I would think like you would think that if you've been playing magic for 20 fucking years that you you would naturally learn
4: to be good at it <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like does that make sense Like, if you played hockey for 20 years, like, you'd think that you would just naturally learn how to skate
4: better. Yeah. That makes sense. But, like,
1: because Magic is, like, a mental game, that doesn't seem to be the thing. Like, you can play it enough, and you'll learn some things, but then, like, you don't just turn into, like...
4: A good Magic player.
1: Cutthroat, Spike good magic player guy like you you could be good at magic but you're not like that guy right so it's interesting anyway
4: yeah hey look we found something to talk about yeah uh
3: but yeah uh do you guys i guess i should talk about my pre-release experience yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's short Okay. Uh I, I have basically been churning through inventory so I have not I decided that instead of spending my magic time uh playing in pre-releases for most of the time I would basically sort cards and go through inventory and stuff like that. So, uh that being said, I did did play one pre-release and uh it was a Sunday flight and it was it was awesome. Uh I, the format seems super fun and I'm excited to dig deeper into it. Uh it was Awkward because it was a uh I play at a store a couple different stores do it a couple different ways, but the store that I play at the most, they end the tournament when there's a clear winner. So occasionally a five round event will suddenly end at round after round three. Which huh? is, yeah, if what? if there's an XO, if there's a solo XO, yeah, they will that that's when the tournament ends.
4: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, which? How do you get a solo XO in a five-round tournament at round three?
3: Um, you basically have draws. Uh, unintentional draws. It's, it's draws, and then the pair downs lose. Ugh. So you basically have you know two two players draw, and then one of the pair downs loses. But how do you prize with everybody else? Uh, you basically you just prize out. It's it's awkward. And I wish he, <laughs> I wish you would fix it, and I'm gonna have a conversation with him about it uh, because it's just it's happened a bit too many times, and it kind of sucks. I, I wish they would just do f- four round pre release flights, yeah, and just do four rounds payout based on your record, and because you just can churn through pre releases like that, and it's a lot more fun. Uh, mm-hmm. But my deck was fine. It was I had this option between either playing a green, uh, green black the green black deck that I played that was a little defensive and kind of controlling with like a noxious, Gear Hulk uh, at the top end as well as, the one three, that for six, that has uh, what's the new ability that you put, you make servos or you make plus one plus ones Fabricate. Fabricate. fabricate has fabricate three and then, uh. If when an artifact dies, an opponent loses power at life equal to their its power. Uh, I had that person and um or a white black aggressive deck that went uh s- low to the ground with a whole bunch of two drops and wide with servos with fabricate and then had two craft toolcraft exemplar and uh, but I went with the green black deck went 2 and 1 lost to uh lost to a game where I mowed the 5 and flooded in game 2 and then uh lost to the close game 3 uh that was basically really just back and forth um one of the things that I realized that I had misplayed was that fabricate is an either or and not a split ability.
1: Correct. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 And and well, you thought you got
3: both? No, I or thought I you could you could split it. I thought you could make you could give your, your dude two oh. plus one plus one counters and make one servo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So a lot oh, of the times like I would really sit good. I would sit on decisions. I'm like, oh, how do I want to split this? Like do I want to make <laughs> And I'm fairly certain I did it illegally a couple times. Because well, nobody... it's pre-release. Pre-release is yeah. for that.
1: Yeah. Also, just so everybody knows too, you can't <laughs> Fabricate is not graph. And it's also not whatever that other ability is where you can put the 1-1s on something else. It's, you have to put it on that guy or make a servo. Which a lot of people didn't know either.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Like They thought it was like, put a 1-1 on a creature you control or make a servo. But it's put it on the, the creature you're playing or make a servo. So there's lots of people that were like, oh yeah, I'll play this O three 3 reach guy and then put a counter on my four four trampler. Oh, and you're like dunk,
4: son.
1: Oh, dunk.
3: But uh, vehicles were much better than I thought. Uh, I thought they were good, but they are, especially in a format that's tailored where the removal is tailored to where it's not all instant speed or it's it just doesn't hit vehicles as well. They they were challenging to play against. So and I like you, Jay. I got got ruled by a Sky Sovereign, because that card is absurd, unlimited.
1: Yeah, that card is bon. Although to be fair, I didn't realize that it doesn't hit players. Like it's it's oh, creatures, yeah, planeswalkers. Yeah. I thought it was creatures or players. Yep. But it's still it's still insane. Like how is a fucking six-five flying Titan a crew three? <laughs> yeah. Fucking bullshit.
3: Um, It makes me even more excited to play that uh, because I think the first standard deck I'm going to build is uh, White Black Eldrazi with Sky Sovereign and Eldrazi Displacer because that seems like a pretty nutso
4: kind of thing to do. Uh, But yeah, and uh, the Copter was good. Um, That card's insane, that Copter. Yeah, yeah
3: uh the it was it was interesting the the valuation of cards is really interesting where you have like like a two mana three one you're like eh, it's like a two mana three one and then you realize that it can crew vehicles a lot better than some other two drops and you're like okay
4: that seems fine uh but yeah this format's
3: really uh that i i love it it's it's complex it rewards you for outplaying your opponents and there's a lot of skill in the figuring out how to maneuver vehicles how to best use them uh the removal spells challenge you in different ways and uh i'm looking forward
0: to playing more how, how'd you feel about the speed of the format as someone that uh, plans to play his first uh, event, like a re- uh, release event?
3: Uh, I thought it was... It's a fairly fast format, it feels like. Uh, you can definitely have games that go long, but I feel like there's a lot of opportunity to curve out and have your opponent not just lose.
1: Yep. I lost a turn two. What? Yeah, I lost like in, in the sense that, like, there was nothing I could do. There was no card. so the <laughs> Pack
0: cub, rat? You lost the yeah, pack no, rat? It, yeah.
1: So I lost to the card, it's like the cub, that when you play it, you get two energy or something?
3: Yeah, yeah, long, long tusk cub oh. or something like that.
1: And then, like, when it attacks, you can pay an energy to put a counter
0: on it? Oh, no, pay two energy, put a plus one, plus one counter on long tusk cub. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and oh, yeah, and then whenever it deals damage, you get a counter.
0: You get two energy counters.
1: Yeah. So he, it was his turn two because I beat him turn one, and he went long tusk cub when I had one land. And was, I was like, all right, sweet. And then draw a card, and like, it's nothing. Play a land, do nothing. Uh, He attacks with his 2-2 and puts, like, makes it a 3-3. Three, three. So even, I'm trying to think if there's even a card that I could play on my turn two that could trade with it, and I don't know if there is. So he, like, smashes me with his 3-3, three, three, gets two counters, and then, like, now he's got a... Basically, he has a card that I can never kill in my deck. Yeah. Like, I can wait until turn six, I guess, and use the one removal spell they printed in this set. Um... Or I can like bounce it when it taps that blue bounce creature. But the problem with cards like that is like this is a really aggressive card, which is good. It's not poorly designed or anything. But is that like you um you fall far behind really quickly. Like it, yeah yeah yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember what format it was like that was like that recently, where like you are using your removal on the biggest threat, but it doesn't actually matter because there's so many threats that like you feel like every decision is a bad decision, right? Like yeah, okay, I can bounce this guy, but he's already done his job by hitting me with like enough damage, and then he also has other he's been like he's been playing other magic cards, right? I'm always on the back foot trying to block, trying to bounce, trying to chump, trying to I can never like attack for damage. I can't attack with a vehicle because then I got to tap a vehicle and the creature That's, like, basically taking out my blockers, which this guy wants anyway. Like, so cards like this are really good in this format.
0: Are you thinking of, like, for me, it reminds me of, I guess, recently would be being on the back foot against, like, a renowned deck when they hit you. Yeah, there's a a lot of ability like that. Oh, okay.
3: Where there's, like, for example, example, the the three-cost, the freighter, that just attacks as a five-four trample. It's yeah. just like holy shit! Like that thing being able to give your dude plus two or plus three power uh, is pretty. There's a, it, It's a freighter. It barrels yeah, through. Like, it's just gonna attack. And then the the other cool thing about this format is that it vehicles add value to just bodies. And
1: I uh, yeah I looked at them like equipment basically.
3: Yeah yeah. And 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 actually, I would say it's like even better than equipment because you still, even if they deal with your vehicle, you still have your dude.
1: Yeah, but the the um the problem is that if they deal with your dude, you you it's like equipment in that you have nothing.
3: That's true. That's
1: true. That's why I looked at it more like that. Okay. That makes um, that makes like, more so sense. One of the but like that was the thing. So vehicles, I found I played seven vehicles in my first <laughs> <laughs> um because they're insane when you're on the attack. Like, when you're attacking with with them, if you're on the aggro, if you're on the beatdown, vehicles are very good. But if you aren't on the defensive, vehicles are fucking terrible.
3: Okay. I I heard that defensive vehicles, I heard it wasn't as black and white Cause I asked my friends a lot beings that I played on stay. I had a bunch of friends who had played two or three flights before me. Yeah. And I reached over and I'm like, Hey, Hey, is this good? Like how many vehicles is the right number? And they're like, eh, two or three. And I'm like, okay, so my deck is going to be fairly defensive. Cause I had either the white black aggressive deck or the green black control deck. And I'm like, so if I play this aggress this, this, uh, control deck, do I want these vehicles? They're like, yeah, like defensive vehicles are still fine. And...
1: Defensive vehicles are fine. It's just that, like, you basically are double blocking every time if you're using defensive yeah, vehicles. Yeah, right? yeah. That's the problem: is that you have to tap a like you can't and you can't go block tap make a vehicle block right. You have to animate your vehicles beforehand to block. So you're basically double blocking, but for half power when you block. So it can become kind of like it just it's just more complicated. It's definitely not. It's definitely not as easy as just, like, play my Thief's Copter, animate it as a 3-3 with my 1-1 Servo, smash you in the air flying, like, go. Or, like, I had the one that was a 3-mana 5-5 that taps for any color of mana. That card's really good. I like vehicles that do more than one thing. Okay. Um. So that card was really good. You dropped it on your turn 3, and then you had mana up for a trick, or if you had a blocker, you could still animate and have a 5-5 five, five blocker, which made, like, their combat math really difficult. Um, and then you untapped on your turn 4, but you add, like, 5 mana. So you got you ahead if you wanted to play a bomb. And, like, again, like, this format, if you're able to get ahead like that, then it can become, like, back, like almost impossible to beat. Like, your card quality is just too good. Or you just had a 5-5 five, five on their turn 3 that you're just smashing them with. And a lot of times they they couldn't do anything about it. Um, but, like, you know, I, I, like, I was looking at cards, like, the ten seven guy that has, what does he have, Menace or Trample or something?
3: As, um...
1: Might not have anything. Can't be
3: blocked except by, uh, can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less, right?
1: Oh, yeah, which is, like, really relevant in this format. Um, but, yeah, like, I was looking at guys like that, thinking, like, that's a good good, like, that's not a good card, but that's, like, so aggressive, you just smash people with that. And, of course, like, I got to live the dream where I, like, crewed my 5-5 five five and then used it to crew my ten seven, and then smashed him because he had nothing. Um, and he couldn't do anything about it. But that card's bad and shouldn't be played in your deck. Like, it, it's 5 crew is way too much. Yeah. You know, like, if you're crewing something for 5, like, that's just a waste of time. I mean, you should just be attacking with that thing for 5, basically. But, uh, but yeah, like I don't know, I found them like, and the and like the, in this format, flying is super relevant. It's another okay. one. Those, it's another one of those limited formats where like, if you play blue white flyers or like X flyers with like all the flying sky skiffs and stuff like that, um, it's it can be really difficult to to beat you because your chip you you just get a lot of chip damage in for free. Yeah. And you can turn your like shitty little servos like into two, three flyers, right? Like, because all the all the sky skiffs and the, I mean, thief's copter or whatever it's called is a rare, so it, you can't bank on getting that. But cards like that are they only have crew one, so like vehicles with crew one and crew two are really good because you you your early game cards that get outclassed really quickly can then just become two and three cost flyers. And eventually, like they just get chipped down, chipped down, chipped down to a position where they, they, they can't profitably attack you because on the crackback you can kill them. But then they don't have a lot of reach blockers. They didn't draft any plummets or they don't have any flyers themselves. So then they're going to die on the crackback from your, you know, your two sky skiffs anyway. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I find like green blue is really good for beating the vehicle deck. Because you have like the malfunctions, you have the tricks, you have the fight tricks, and then you also have like the unsummon that also lets you scry. So like that's that's like the best feeling in the world when somebody invests in in crewing a vehicle and then you just bounce the vehicle and they just basically you time walk them for
4: one mana.
3: Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed in in my deck was that, and, and I don't know about you, Jay that bigger creatures were oftentimes uh, a great way to go. Uh, like when I had the option to fabricate most of the time, I just chose to make a bigger creature uh, early in the cup, early in the event, like rounds one round one. I like, I started making, I tried to go a little wider cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to make servos and stuff and see how that yeah. goes. And I found out that, like, that like my deck wasn't, didn't want to do that. Uh and partially because I had Hunt the Week, I had a couple Hunt the Weeks in my deck as removal, which does not it does not mesh with smaller creatures, no. you want bigger creatures. But yeah. uh I actually feel and I'm interested to test it more to play it more, but I feel like just having bigger creatures in this format can just be a great way to 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 do it because a lot of times you're putting you're putting your opponent on the defensive a lot. And they can't they're they're either using vehicles and smaller creatures or they're going a bit wider, and a lot of times your bigger creatures can just kind of hold down the fort in a lot of different ways.
1: Yeah, like um there is definitely a deck that cares about making lots of servos and stuff. Um I think when we played Two at a Giant with a bead, he had that deck. Okay. He cared a lot about making servos. I can't remember why. Like he definitely had the he had like an angel that oh that's why it's the it's the artifact um what's that guy it's the over not the overseer chief of the foundry oh, the, chief, chief chief of the, of the foundry fans. yeah so he had a chief of the foundry and he had the angel that gives all your creatures plus one plus one okay so like that that and then he and then he was just playing like a control like a kind of a controller a more control deck anyway like in that he. Um, was playing, like, removal and was just happy to make servos until he could, like, play uh, Chief of the Foundry and then, like, smash you kind of thing, right? Um, but for the most part, I think you're right. Like, everybody this weekend uh, was making their guys bigger. And I was always thinking, like, like, when people did it against me, I was always thinking, like, well, that seems wrong. Like, a 3-3 trample versus a 4-4 trample doesn't seem like it's that big of a difference versus having a 3 3 trample and a 1 1. Uh, but then, like, it turns out that, like, a 4 4 trample is very good in this format. That one mm-hmm. toughness makes a really big difference. And uh, servos almost always do nothing, I find.
3: Yeah, I had, I felt like my white black deck, that was kind of the weird decision when I had in deck building was that my green black deck. I wasn't sure exactly whether I wanted to go wide or narrow whereas my white black deck I can fairly confidently say that it wanted to go white or it wanted to go wide only because if only because I had a bunch of dudes it was very aggressive and it had a couple inspired charges
1: Yeah like that that card is insane with the servo deck
3: Yeah and and I could play the uh, with tool toolcraft tool exemplar I could giving it first strike was a very real possibility in that kind of deck, especially as wide as it was going. Uh, additionally, I had a couple of the guys that get bigger whenever a permanent goes to your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel like in that sort of deck, that's, uh, that would have been the the better. And I, I'm curious to see, I'll, I'll throw it up on Twitter, throw my decks on, on Twitter, and just to see which you, which you guys feel like is better, uh, would have been better. So, because either way, I would have gotten to play the the Black Gear Hulk, which was literally the only thing. Other than tool, uh, like my only value was Toolcraft Exemplar and the Noxious Gear Hulk. Yeah, and then my pool was just mediocre. Otherwise, Oh, yeah, I had
1: like <laughs> both days. I had like just the most mediocre pool ever
3: and my uh my my promo was a pretty was the uh faith fetters suppression field plus make your dude a flag bearer kind of card which is I'm like okay cool like a a nice remo- removal spell that doesn't hit vehicles
4: but it hits everything else and i was like all right so that's my pre release promo <laughs> so fucking bad promos.
3: Ugh. Yeah. Everywhere in the format. I did yeah. however see the photo of in the Misprints Facebook group somebody was uh posting two crazy ass promos this week. Misprints promos. One was Chandra Torch pre-release promo, only the date was stamped in the stamped over the type line. So it was over the Plainswalker line instead of on the art. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. So it was, like, shifted a couple, you know, four or five millimeters or whatever. And then the other one, which was crazy, which was it was just a straight-up, it was a hand of Selimgar. Do you know the the 2-1 death touch?
1: Yeah, I heard that twice. There's, like, two or three people that got cards that are not in the format.
3: Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, but... (laughs) I don't think I don't know if I've ever heard of that happening before either.
3: No, I I, I don't think I have either. So I've heard of you know different crimped, plain uh, crimped pre-release promos and other printing errors when it comes to that, but not. Hey, here's this card, this common from three sets ago.
1: Yeah, how fucking pissed would you be? Holy shit!
3: Oh, I don't know. That's a pretty big. I mean, I saw the offers and. 150. I uh, was the highest bid that I saw so far for that misprint.
4: What was it? Was it foil?
3: Yeah, it was a foil hand of Silumgar that was stamped with the Kaladesh pre-release date.
1: Okay, yeah, then wow. that actually
2: would be really
3: sweet.
1: Yeah, okay, that's true. But when you're going to play, that would suck. oh sure,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one interesting thing that I another thing that I heard on Twitter was that uh somebody had played I think it was fourteen matches of sealed uh across the pre-release weekend and found out that the player with the most creatures at turn six
4: without fail won. Oh, okay. So
3: he said that, like there was no comebacks. Yeah. And it feels like to me like that like if you look at the cards in the set, that's probably true. I mean there's not a whole lot of comeback cards.
1: I think I think though if you look at I was thinking about this earlier. If you look at uh if you look at we just talked about this. If you look at the set though, there's a lot of cards that deal with lots of servos. Yeah. There is not a lot of cards that deal with a lot of big fabricate creatures if you just choose to make your fabricators bigger. Like there's lots of stuff that deal like like minus or minus 1. There's stuff that deals one damage to two creatures, like just little things like that, right? But then what happens is, like, if the person just decides, yeah, I'm just going to play a creature every turn and make it bigger, like just make it plus one plus one, there's not a whole lot that, like, deals with that, uh, in on mass, right? There's obviously, there's like rare wraths, like that's in every setter or whatever, but. Yeah, and then, like, if you look at vehicles, too, they get around a lot of removal because if you don't have instant speed removal, then...
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, I was thinking, looking at my deck, the first time I played my black-green deck against another deck, against a vehicle, I just was like, I have nothing for this vehicle. I have two Hunt the Weeks and I think two other Sorcery Speed pieces of removal and then other than that I have some death touch creatures. And that's it.
1: Yeah, like it's it's the I find the format is very like I mean I've only played it a little bit but uh, this kind of it's what it sounded like the entire weekend is um th- there's not a lot of there's not a lot of decks so far that people have figured out that is good against everything. Like, you kind of have to make your choice. Are you going to be good against, vehicle, like, the vehicle deck? Uh, like, are you going to be good against the vehicle slash big fat creature deck? Are you going to be good against, like, the lots of servo type deck? Um, Are you going to be good against, like, the fog deck that just tries to go over the top with, like, fighting and fogs or whatever? Um, So far, like, it's you kind of have to pick one or the other, I find. Like, I played every single piece of artifact removal that I had in both pre-release. Yeah. So, okay. Main deck, main deck.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted, in my white deck, I definitely wanted the main deck disenchant. I did not have that opportunity in the green deck, in the green-black deck, but yeah, I agree. I think that that's, you just have to. Like, one piece is fine
1: yeah um at least one piece I think, especially like until the format settles down anyway, because there's like there's like vehicles that you need to be able to blow up before
4: like at in like not necessarily at instant speed
1: because a lot of the artifact removal is sorcery speed, but you need to kill them, and you can't do that with creature removal if it's you know if you only have sorcery speed removal or six drop removal right um. So, like, I find like there was that. Then there was like the whole like I never, I didn't know how how prevalent it would be, but I never, ever, 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 ever wanted to lose to like fucking soul ring or any of those swords or <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: like fuck. Um, and then there was just like it's a set that's built around artifacts, so I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the the set, but I thought like for sure there's going to be good artifacts, there has to be good artifacts in this set. Well, vehicles. I mean, yeah, okay, I, mean, I don't really know if it's just the vehicles or not, but I just thought like, play artifact removal for that reason as well. And, yeah. then, and like I said, it worked out every time. It was actually really... It was actually really... It like turned out really, really good. I, there was never a match in all the ones that I played where I didn't want the main deck artifact removal.
3: Yeah. So going forward, I'm, I'm interested to find out how fast the format really is in terms of drafting. Because in in terms of draft, I suspect that the format's really fast. But that'll be for next week because we are running out of time and Kyle's going to kill us if we go a little bit longer. But, so contest this week if you guys are ready. Oh,
1: God. Okay, here we go. Make it fucking good.
3: It's, it's good.
1: <laughs> it's shit every time.
3: So you... Uh, you guys may not know uh, the listening audience may not know that Kyle is very good at making crepes Uh, we learned at GP Toronto that he makes phenomenal crepes that he learned to make in Paris they're that good so you are in charge of making the daily special
4: at Kyle's Crepery and
3: you have to make it themed around one magic card so I want to see, in the comments, your crepe of the day.
2: See, I think that this is fucking terrible, but it's also pandering to Kyle, and I think we need to respect <laughs> Kyle
5: more. And I really am not on this, because uh, yeah.
2: so, I yep. want to slap you over the internet, but I also yeah. love Kyle.
3: Yeah. So pick a magic card. Your crepe <laughs> has to be named after a magic card. And then I want to see what it contains. And I will pick the best, most delicious sounding. Doesn't even have to most be the most delicious sounding. I'll no, just pick. Will pick it. We will, will pick. Yeah, we'll pick it.
1: Let pick Kyle pick it.
3: The best sure. one.
1: Kyle yeah. will
4: pick it. Yeah. yeah, Kyle, you're the judge.
3: Okay, I'm okay yeah. with that.
1: Yeah.
4: You yes.
3: Your... Comments <laughs> on this week's episode. <laughs> The oh, daily special God. of Kyle's crapery. <laughs> this is for
1: sure the worst contest we've ever had. No, oh, sh- it's
3: not. The
2: story's still the worst. <laughs> the
1: story? Which one was the story?
2: The GP Toronto stories, like the the fucking the amulet of could... Quas and yes.
1: Oh my God, I forgot about that. That (laughs) How could you
2: forget about that? That's the reason why we don't like contests.
1: Oh, (laughs) I (laughs) forgot all. It's like with
2: my wife. My wife doesn't get to pick what movie we go to when we go to the theater because when we started dating, we went and saw The Divine Secrets of the I Yes,
1: and She Turned
2: to Me and She said, I will never pick the movie again. And (laughs) like, we are more than a decade later and we are still sticking to that
4: rule.
1: Yeah, my brother-in-law made that mistake one time. He decided to let Megan pick the movie and she picked "She's Just Not That Into You. Uh, I think that was the movie. He's not That Into You. And then I was like, well, why did you go? Like, why didn't you, just, why didn't you just say no? Like, I'm not going to that. We can go to something, like, it doesn't have to be, like, you know, action packed murder tip, but it could be something that we both will enjoy. He's like, I don't know, man. I figured like she wouldn't pick something that she knew I would hate, and it like couldn't be that bad. And like I was like, oh my god, you, you made a mistake. He's like, yeah, never again. I'll never go to a, a movie <laughs> with your wife ever. Fuck. <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. So, On that okay.
3: note, though, contest. Daily special yeah. Kyle's uh, you
1: still letting him do content? I don't know. He
3: just <laughs> fucking does it. Because uh, KYT loves it. The I know that KYT has my back. It's
2: pretty, good. It's in, pretty in, good. In your defense, Matt, how many comments did we have
3: on this week's episode?
1: Yeah, let's look. I don't
3: oh. know. We
2: weird. had one.
1: One fucking Oh, con- so
3: we had we had one this week and five or six last week?
2: Yeah, now the comments were worthless because they were contest-related, but...
3: Hey, I'm driving traffic (laughs) to KYT's site. Uh,
1: I think I would rather lick Jeremy where he farts than... Oh, oh, man, and I've been
2: drinking chocolate milk today, and I'm lactose intolerant. Like, seriously, (laughs) this room... Like, I have to wear a gas monitor when I'm in the field for sour gas, but if they had one in this room, I'd be fucking
4: dead. They'd shut me down.
3: (laughs) And on that note, You all have a great week.
4: I love you all. See you guys later. Watermelon poop.
3: (laughs) Bye.